to you for just a few moments tonight. Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to look here at verse number 1. Hebrews chapter 12 verses 1 through 3. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy, somebody say joy. He said, for the joy that was set before him. Somebody say set. Bible says because of the joy that was set before him he endured the cross despising the shame and he was set down at the right hand of the throne of God for consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds who for the joy that was set before him. I want to talk to you for a few moments tonight on the subject besetting joy. Besetting joy. Let's ask the Lord to help us together, shall we? Thank you for your holy word tonight, God. We pray the blessings of the Lord would move in in a powerful way over the next few moments. Thank you for what you've done thus far. But Lord God, we know that if you begin a good work, you're able to complete it. We pray that every need you will supply according to your riches and glory tonight. In the precious name of Jesus and everybody said amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Thank you so kindly for standing. The besetting joy. Actually, this particular verse was brought to my attention by a friend of mine. And the more I mewed over it, I found it worthy to share with you this evening. There are certain, there are certain things that we need to be happy about. Anybody found that to be true? Now, we can find a lot of stuff to gripe about. Have you found that to be true? Everybody can find something to be upset about, but there are certain things that everybody can be happy about. There are some things that should bring us joy, that sometimes bring us great trial. How many of you have ever experienced a time in your life that you thought should have ushered you into an excited moment? But when it was all said and done, you found yourself more pained than you did in the beginning. I heard about a man that was struggling to buy his wife a Christmas present. And I know many of you husbands know where this fellow was and how he felt. She tried to help him, so she started giving him some hints about what he might be able to buy her and she said, I want something that goes zero to 180 in three seconds. 
And he heard that, and he said, I got it. She smiled, thinking he really got it, but somewhere there was a mix-up in the communication because he ended up buying her a set of scales. <laughs> and it was at that time that the Great Tribulation began. Yeah, I say probably ended his marriage as he knew it. I heard about another man that bought his mother-in-law a cemetery plot. It wasn't me. And she wasn't very happy about that. I don't blame her. So the next year, he didn't buy her anything. So she got to complaining about not getting a gift from her son-in-law on that particular Christmas. And he said, well, you still haven't used the gift I bought you last year. <laughs> yeah, I say a great trial began after that particular Christmas. So there are some things that should bring us great joy that ends up bringing us great trial. The passage in Hebrews that we read tonight is a pretty unique passage when you consider that Jesus Christ was God manifested in the flesh. He was all God and all man. The God robed in flesh. The God of glory coming in frail humanity. And the scripture said that this was the joy that was set before him. If we were on this earth for 33 and a half years as he was, and we knew the end from the beginning, and we knew at the end of those 33 and one half years that we were going to face a cruel, incredibly painful cross, it would be hard to consider this a joy. But Jesus, understanding the purpose and the destiny in which he had come, Jesus said that this was the joy that was set before him. If we examine the word set, it simply means that it is something that has been established. So when Jesus was feeling low, maybe feeling like he didn't want to carry out the mission, maybe feeling a little despondent in his flesh, there was a set joy. There was an established joy that was on the inside of him. There was a besetting joy. If you look up the word besetting, what you find, there's synonyms for that word. And one of, it, one of the words was I found was harassing joy. It was an attacking joy. It was something that ever plagued him. It was always there. This is one of the joys of serving the Lord. Because in a world where there isn't a lot of certainty, in a world where there isn't a lot of absolutes, in a world that there's so many things that move and change and, and you never can really count on a lot of things. 
It's important that we understand that God has some things in our future that has been set and has been established. For example, the word of the Lord reminds us that the God of glory will always have a people that will praise him. Even if you and I refuse to lift up our voice in praise and adoration tonight, the word of God lets us know and understand that there is one thing that has been set and has been established, and that is that God will not be without praise. He said, if you don't praise me, the rocks are going to stand up and praise me. That's a set joy. That's something that is a besetting joy. So though we may have trial, and though we may have trouble that comes against us, there is a besetting joy that continues to come to our lives that says no matter what we go through, has anybody been through anything tonight? No matter what you encounter, Sister Pam, and no matter the trouble that you go through, we got a besetting joy that says greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. No matter what comes against anybody in this building, if you are a child of God tonight, let me give you something to shout about. No weapon formed against thee shall prosper. Somebody that's heavy laden in your spirit tonight, you ought to feel the voice of joy come over you and tap you on your shoulder and say, get your head up and go ahead and rejoice because no weapon, I said no weapon formed against thee shall prosper. Clap your hands to the Lord tonight. Come on, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out. Hallelujah, praise God for saving me. A besetting joy, Brother Don, is for me to realize that there is nothing the devil can do to me that my God can't make work out for me. Somebody hear the word right here in December that there is no problem, there is no trial, there is no circumstance, there is no tribulation that the enemy can put on top of you that your God cannot work it out for you and cause you to be a victorious, overcoming, blood-bought, child of God oh yeah over in Mark chapter 14 and verse 36 the Lord Jesus speaking here he says Abba Father all things somebody say all things are possible unto thee take away this cup from me Jesus is about to embark an encounter 
the deepest, darkest time of his life. And he says, Lord, I know you can do everything. And I'm asking you to take this cup, this suffering, this trial, this tribulation from me. But then he starts off his next little phrase, his next sentence. He says, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. I am going to tell you tonight that at some point in all of our lives, when you go through trouble and when you go through trial, when you start second-guessing God, you better make sure you get a nevertheless in your spirit that says, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Has anybody got your mind made up that nevertheless, whatever valley comes my way, whatever trouble walks into my life, I'm going to say nevertheless. I said nevertheless. Could I preach to you tonight and tell you your troubles will not last always. That this too shall pass away. That weeping may endure for a night, but joy is going to come in the morning. How does anybody feel a sweet release in your faith right now? Can anybody shake yourself like Samson, as you've done many times before, and feel a fresh anointing come across your spirit and say, nevertheless, God, I'm going to live to fight another day. I'm going to stand up on another Sunday, and I'm going to give you praise and glory and honor today. Hallelujah. No man, the scripture says, shall pluck you from his hand. <laughs> Nobody and no thing can take you from the hand of the Lord Jesus Christ. After all the trouble has passed away, you're still going to be in the palm of his hand. Look at somebody and say, I'm in the palm of his hand. You're in better hands than all state tonight. You're in the hands of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. If you've got trouble in your life on this Sunday, if you've got problems you're facing, there's things that you're warring with in your spirit, I'm going to tell you what to do during the time of trouble because it's what Jesus did here in our text that we read, notice verse 2 of Hebrews chapter 12, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher. Somebody say the finisher. He's the finisher of our faith. For the joy that was set before him, that besetting joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Somebody say he endured. How about saying endurance? If you're in trouble tonight, you need a good baptism of endurance. You need a good baptism of endurance. This besetting joy should give you strength to endure. Paul prayed one time, really on more than one occasion, that God, would remove the thorn that was in his flesh. 
It was something that he wanted to get rid of. And all God said was, I'm not going to remove it, but I'm going to give you the strength to endure it. Because my grace is sufficient for thee. Some of you would like for God to remove some things from your life. Some of you would like for God to remove some people from your life. I know you're not here tonight, but you there, there, there's a lot of things we like removed. If, some, if somebody would just, if God would just remove that individual, that guy, that lady, fire that one. And usually the one you want to get fired gets promoted. There's a joy in deciding that you're not going to die on this particular hill right here. There's a joy in deciding that I've come this far by faith. And I believe I'm going to make it another day. The miracle in some situations is just the strength to put one foot in front of the other. Somebody says, well, I don't really feel very victorious, preacher. I'd like to argue that point and say this. Contrary to what you've been feeling, you're in the house of God tonight. I said, contrary to what you've been feeling, you showed up anyway, and there ought to be a joy in your spirit because after all you've been through, you're still in the house of God. If you've got a praise on your lip tonight, you ought to be shouting because you still got a praise in your mouth. Sometimes your besetting joy is that you can lift your hands and you can praise and magnify the Lord. Sometimes you just got to last longer than all the ignorance in your life. Sometimes you just got to hold on longer than all the craziness that's going on in your family. Sometimes you just got to be faithful in the midnight hour when there's dark clouds in your life. You got to tie another knot in the rope and just hang on and get you a little bit of Holy Ghost endurance about you saying, I'm going to stay in this thing. I'm going to hold on. Somebody say, hold on. I read a scripture this past week that was just I, 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 it just, I had not remembered reading this particular passage, but over in Job chapter 41 and verse 22. Put that on the screen. Job 41 and 22. In his neck. Somebody say neck. Sometimes you got to get a little bowed up neck. Strengthen. In his neck remaineth strength. Sorrow is turned to joy because there's strength in the neck. You've seen people that get angry, they get veins popping out on the side of their neck. 
I've been up here preaching. You've probably seen a vein come out on the side of my neck. I may not feel like I'm going to make it, but if I got a strong neck, <laughs> if I'm determined to hold out until the end, you ever saw somebody, you know, they, when they get a lot of pressure on them, they, they kind of bow that neck a little bit. You, you, you got you to gotta have a strong neck to hold out to the end because the scripture says that if the neck remains strong, you can turn your sorrow into joy. <laughs> you can turn mourning into dancing. You know, sin is besetting and it's a troubling, it's, it troubles are besetting. But there is a constant harassment of the joy of the Lord that just constantly is besetting us. Every time you feel like just getting all sad and depressed, you hear a sermon like you heard this morning. Every time you start feeling poor, pitiful me, you hear somebody get up and, and start talking about the goodness of God. And it's almost like joy is tapping you on the shoulder and saying, why don't you get your head up? Why don't you get a praise on your lips? Why don't you start being thankful for what God is doing in your life and in your family? Has anybody felt that God is a good God? I said, has anybody felt that God is a good God? Come on, you may have came in here and said, hey, I feel like being in a bad mood tonight, but joy taps you on the shoulder and say, hey, if it had not been the Lord who was on your side, you would have been swallowed up quickly. But God is for you. And you're going to make it. Clap your hands to the Lord together. Yeah. I'd like to be discouraged, but I got something tapping me on my shoulder tonight. Telling me that greater is he. I got something probing me a little bit tonight. Telling me don't be discouraged because God is for you. Don't be upset too much because no weapon formed against thee shall prosper. That's what I've come by to preach to somebody. Get your chin up. Get your neck strengthened because your sorrow shall be turned into joy. Hallelujah. Joy. Somebody say joy. They tell me that if you're, if you're a runner, and I'm, I'm not a runner, I get tired walking to the mailbox. But they tell me, in fact, I come up here last night to show these boys how to play basketball. They about killed me. I about decided I'm too old for some things. Run one time up and down that court with them 20-year-olds, and you realize... In your mind, you're as good as you used to be. But your body is saying something different. Your knees and joints and back is hurting. And you go home and whine, trying to find some mercy from a wife that's not wanting to give any mercy. I told you you shouldn't have went over there. 
And you go crawl up in that bed and you're saying, baby, would you please come to bed? My back hurts. I need you to put that sore no more right there. And she'll, and she'll go and wash a load of clothes and bring all kind of, she'll go in there and fold a load and she's taking her time and I'm got one eye open trying to see if she's going to make it in there. And all of a sudden she thinks I'm good and asleep and she comes in there and eases in that bed and as soon as she got in that bed, I reached over there and grabbed her hand and I reached and pulled it over and put it right on that sore spot on my back. She said, I thought you were asleep. She tried to wake me out, but I endured to the end. I said, I endured that besetting joy. My God, I felt so much better, baby. Thank you so much for putting that sore no more on my back. I got up, took ibuprofen so I could jump a little bit today. I felt my knees wanting to give out on me when we were rolling like a rolling stone and we were doing all this stuff. I'm thinking, dear God in heaven, this is ridiculous. This is crazy. And I'm thinking, God, won't it be wonderful there? Won't it be wonderful there? Pastor told us to get excited about no more pain and no more sickness and no more cramping and no more hurt knees. And I'm going to make it. Bless God, I'm going to make it. I felt like just coming and sitting down, but I just said, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. I've come by to tell somebody, don't give up now. I said, don't give up now. Come on, we've come too far to turn back now. Get your mind made up. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, they say when you're running, you're jogging, you hit a wall, you can't get through it. You can't get through it and you got to push. Somebody say push. Push. Like old Chuck Yeager in that sound barrier when he hit the wall. He thought that plane was going to bust into a thousand pieces, but he just stayed with it till he got a breakthrough. And then there was a calm. There was a calm. And some of you are on the verge of a breakthrough. It feels like your whole vessel is about to be shattered into a thousand pieces. But if you'll just endure, strengthen your neck and endure, there is joy that is set before you. I said there is joy that is set before you. The Bible says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. Despising the shame speaks of determination. Somebody say determination. Determination that says, I'm not going to allow this problem to define who I am. Determination is the strength that carries us through the path of success in the midst of obstacles. The driving force what is it that drives our determination? The thing that should drive us is the besetting joy that is set 
before us. Paul was wrestling with all kinds of things and, and he made a declaration in Acts chapter 20 and verse 24. He said this, none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself so that I might finish my course with, somebody say it, joy. I've got my mind made up. He said none of these things move me because there's a besetting joy that kept speaking to him. He was determined to complete the race no matter the cost. There's not a price too high to be dedicated to God and to be consecrated to God. Usain Bolt, they claim he's the fastest man alive. He don't just win races. He blows everybody away. He's won seven gold medals. I don't know a lot about him. I just know that you probably don't want to get in a foot race with him. Usain Bolt was born with scoliosis of the spine, and they told his parents that he would never be able to walk. But now, he's the fastest man alive. You know what Daniel said in a Daniel 1 and 8? He said, I purposed in my heart that I would not defile myself. I've got this determination inside of me. I've got my mind made up. Has anybody got your mind made up? There is something to be said for people that just makes up their mind that they're not going to be turned to the left or to the right. They're not going back. They're just going forward because of the prize of God that has been set before them. The Word of God says in 2 Corinthians 4 and 8, we are hard-pressed on every side. Anybody can say amen to that. We're hard-pressed on every side, but thank God we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but we're not abandoned. We're struck down, but thank God we're not destroyed. I'm just letting you know that I am determined to hold out to the end. Determination will determine how far we go and how long we stay when we get there. The Word of God tells us that if we'll hold out and we'll endure, we're going to make it. You've got to have something inside of you. Every time you think about giving up, there needs to be a besetting joy that taps you on the shoulder and say, can you remember how far God's brought you? Can you remember the blessings of God that's in your family and on, in your home? Is there anybody got a right to praise the Lord tonight? Because God has been good to you and your family. For the joy of the Lord is our strength. There's strength in your hand clap. There is strength in your hallelujah. There is strength in what we do around here on Sunday night in the front of this auditorium. Young people, don't stop doing what you're doing. There is strength when you come to the house of God. You throw your hands in the air and you say, God, I've got all kinds of stuff going on, but I still know I've got my mind made up. I'm going to make it.
Come on, we're going to praise him when we're up. We're going to praise him when we're down. We'll praise him when it's raining and we'll praise him when it's sunshining. But we're going to praise the Lord because our victory is coming. Hallelujah. Clap your hands to the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord God Almighty. Somebody let your voice out in praise and adoration to God tonight. Woo! Mm. Yes. Brother Toby, come. I'm going to try to close here with my last point tonight. But in Hebrews chapter 12, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set, somebody say set. It's a besetting joy. He endured. Somebody say endurance. And then he was determined. Somebody say determined. And then the Bible says that he came to a place where he was set down at the right hand of the throne of God. The right hand represents a place of power. It's the end of the story where he prevailed over sin and death because he submitted himself to the joy of the cross that was set before him. It's after we have tolerated, after we have endured, after we have held on, after we have determined in our spirit that we finally reach a place where we prevail. Somebody say prevail. At the very beginning of the word of God, it says that the earth was without form and void. But then when you comb the pages and get into the precious word of God, you find that somewhere in the middle of it all, that God makes all things new. One of our greatest God-given abilities is to leave our tragedies and to leave our troubles and to leave our hard yesterdays behind and start anew, start fresh. You and I have been fearfully and we have been wonderfully made. We can get knocked down kicked, persecuted, belittled, hurt, broken. But at the end of the day, there is a besetting joy in knowing the end of the story. It, may, it makes me so happy to know that we win. I may be going through it tonight, Sharon. I may be going through all kinds of stuff, Judy, but guess what? We win. There's a voice that keeps telling me, you're going to win. Everything's going to be all right. Barry, we win. You that are fighting, you that are struggling, guess what? You can go ahead and shout because we win.
The only thing that stops us from winning is that we don't endure and we don't determine to make it. But if I stay in the church, if I stay in the family of God, guess what? I win in the end and I prevail. It's the besetting yaw. Come on, somebody that's read the back of the book. Would you stand up and praise him? Come on, somebody needs to testify tonight. Rejoice not against me, all mine enemy. For when I fall, I'm going to get up again. And when I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light about me. Come on, that's it. That's it. That's it. Push towards this front with your hands raised. Serve notice on your enemy. You may be knocked down, but you're not destroyed. You may be perplexed in your spirit, but you still got to shout. Because at the end of the day, there is a God inside of you that no weapon formed against you is going to be able to prosper over. As you gather around the front of this auditorium, when you look at your Bible, there are men like Joseph and Moses and Samuel and David and Daniel, Jesus, Peter, Paul and John and Job and all of them. There's many more that represent a world that was in trouble when they came in, but bright days had soon ceased. But when these men came in with a world that was groping in darkness, that needed a message, something happened. God took things that were not and He made them as though they were. I am telling you that your endurance and your determination will cause you to be victorious. It will cause you to prevail. I said it will cause you to prevail and set in a place of power and preeminence in your life and in your spirit. Look at somebody and say, hold on. Come on, look at somebody and say, hold on. You know, we can come in here on a Sunday night and we can feel sorry for ourselves. We can come in here and we can suck our spiritual thumbs. We can come in here and blame everybody. We can blame our wife. We can blame our husband. We can blame our children. We can blame everything for why we don't do what we used to do and why we don't praise like we used to praise. But there is a besetting joy that is tapping you on the shoulder and saying, hey, honey, you need to wake up. You need to look what God's done in your life. There's still some sunshine somewhere. I said there's still some sunshine somewhere. I'm telling you today, if you hold on, the dark clouds are going to roll away. There's going to be a sunlit morning for you and your family. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. Clap your hands again and give him a big praise. We're going to go home rejoicing tonight in the God of our salvation. For he's a very present help in the time of trouble. Come on and put it together. Go ahead, Brother Brad. I'm training for sorrow. 
Somebody sing it. Get rid of your heavy laden self tonight. Laying down your trouble. Laying down your heartache. here tonight I want you to just go to your brothers and sisters on your way out tonight speak a word of faith to them that God's got a blessing for them tell them just tell them you're glad to be worshiping the Lord with them tonight and when you speak a word of faith to them whoever receives that word you just say yes I receive it in the name of Jesus and go on your way rejoicing tonight believing that God is going to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you ask or think of. God bless you tonight. Rejoice in the Lord God of your salvation. This is the day that the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad. Yes, Lord, yes.